Welcome back to another, the first 90s, I mean, the first, the loudest podcast of the new year. Happy 2021, everybody. Asterius, what was uh, your least favorite part of 2020? It's a really good question. Um, probably the part where we were told that like we weren't allowed to go to the movies anymore. I miss going to the movies a lot. Uh, what was your least favorite part of 2020? Uh, my least favorite part was when Taco Bell took those cheesy <gasps> potatoes off the menu. Nothing else was really notable. You know, okay. I'm Asterix Kogunos. <laughs> With me is always a Sriracha. Welcome to the loudest podcast, loudest podcast on the internet. Now they're running commercials where they're like, nacho fries are back. Nacho fries are back. And it's like, I knew it. They took them away just so they could make a big deal about bringing them back. That's what they're doing with the fucking McRib. Yes. Too. Have you seen those commercials? Uh, tell me all. Tell I've seen some, but tell me about the commercials you've seen. The commercials are just like, it's got a McRib and it's under a spotlight. And of course, it's like the best looking McRib in the entire world. <laughs> and it's like, this sandwich is so important that it decides when it will be sold. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't argue with them. That's a really good way to A, market the McRib and get me, and B, get me interested in nacho fries. If, look, nacho fries were there every day for years. I took them for granted. That's true. There, we've had many a late night when I was drunk. We ended up at a Taco Bell and I bought us nacho fries. Yeah, but it They're was good. never, it was just like, oh yeah, we got some nacho fries. Now it's like, I better get some nacho fries fat. God damn it. Artificial scarcity works. I I have gotten into big arguments on Twitter with like the Nintendo people. There's a whole subsection of Twitter that is just young men angry at the decisions the Nintendo Corporation makes. And it makes they make me laugh every time because it's like you guys are getting mad about Mario and Luigi. You guys are getting mad about Mar- you guys are getting mad about Link and Toad and and uh the F-Zero's Captain Falcon. Like, of all the things... But anyway, so they were like, we're only going to release this Mario game for seven months. And after seven months, it'll be gone. And everyone was like, this is bullshit. I hate you. I'm going to bomb Nintendo headquarters. I'll tear you all the office game for seven months. And I was just like, I don't know. If I didn't know the game was going away, I might never buy it. Like, I might never buy this guy, this weird Nintendo collection. But now that you're telling me that you're going to take it away soon, I might be like, well, I better fucking buy this. Hey, it's weird. It's like, I feel like I'm, I, might in, I might enjoy the game more knowing that it's artificially scarce and I'm getting fucked by a corporation. I don't enjoy having my chain yanked by a corporation. I'm listening. And the McRib is the classic chain yankery. Okay. And if they're going to get rid of something, they should get rid of something that's shitty. And no one wants, because let me tell you, there are plenty of things on the McDonald's menu that no one in their right fucking mind should order. Like, you see they had a whole baked goods section now? Who fucks going to McDonald's? Like, yeah, I want a blueberry muffin. Fuck you. I'll check. I'll take a blueberry McMuffin that's, like, stuffed with ham and eggs and cheese. And no blueberries, please. And also, it's just a McMuffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, put, and also, put some of that McGriddle sauce in there. I don't know. Look. I know it's a trick, but I'm telling you, 
Until they killed Superman, I didn't give a shit about Superman. And then as a little kid, when they killed Superman, I was like, oh no, Superman, my favorite. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a trick. They killed Hawkeye, and Brian Michael Bendis takes over the Avengers. First thing he does is kill Hawkeye. Why? He knows it'll piss people off. Because his favorite character is Hawkeye. And he knows if he kills Hawkeye, when he brings him back, you'll all love how now everybody loves Hawkeye and Kate Bishop running around New York and having twee millennial adventures. That sounds toy as fuck. And millennial. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of shitty food that nobody should be eating, I heard you almost died over Christmas. Yes, I did almost die. I did almost die over the holidays. I'm still in pain. This is sucks. They're in the emergency room and everything, and I had to go to the city. I was the only person at City MD that was not there for a goddamn COVID. To- anyway, look, the good news is. This one's not my fault. This one, I will admit, is not your fault. My, I have been laboring under the lifelong expectation that my death would be my fault. Because I make a lot of bad decisions. You do. That's yeah, true. but this time, I can blame my mom, my niece, my sister, and especially TGI Fridays. If I ever get killed by a TGI Fridays, don't put that on my, like, when they Photoshop me into those ghetto-ass clouds. <laughs> my funeral pamphlet don't put that as my cot of death say that i like shot myself accidentally or something no 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 i decide i'm the complete opposite and i actually wrote this down in case i did die that i want my epitaph to be don't eat the salmon at tgi fridays <laughs> i just want that to be in the and it's like what are you gonna sue my grieving mom tgi fridays corporation probably <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe they can use that if there's any money I left them. I must have life insurance or something. Yeah, I mean, you could be probably sue TGI Fridays for giving you the food poisoning. So, as is evident by my epitaph, I had the salmon at TGI Fridays. My niece refuses to eat anywhere but TGI Fridays. Pretty good racket she's got going. Totally, uh, you're brother's fault your family member's fault because uh that's a terrible choice of course it is yeah look olive garden applebee's the three benningans are still in the united states yeah, but almost any fast casual restaurant is better than tgi fridays but pretty good racket what if you could only eat like mozzarella sticks until you went to college that would be pretty cool my mom i wouldn't get that far because my mom would beat my ass i know i look is it is it healthy? No. But you got to think like a kid. It's like, what if every day was the super toy run, but for food in your mouth? My aunt does that. My aunt uh, has one kid who I think is 11. Uh-huh. And um, this is the aunt with the daughter that has the hand job parties. Mm. Um, he will only eat at you know what friendlies is i love friendlies he will only eat for there was a period of his life for a not insignificant period of his life for like a year where the only thing he would eat was this one specific sandwich from friendlies it was like mozzarella sticks and cheese on top of like bacon or something yeah and they eventually took that off the menu and she wrote this scathing post on facebook to them my my aunt is like the boomer Facebook aunt. Awesome. Your aunt sounds awesome. She's uh, constantly clicking. She's always vague booking, like only my real friends. <laughs> she, she's like in her 50s. I love your aunt. Like, don't hit me up. All my real friends know what I'm going through. And um, 
she constantly does those quizzes, I, which I assume are just Chinese data mining things. Mm-hmm. Like, what would uh, you be if you were a dog? And then it generates a random picture of a dog. Right. And like, she thinks that's entertaining and that's, that's something that other people want to see. Right. Uh-huh. Or she's like, what does your name mean? And it says something generic, like, you're sweet on the outside, but on the inside, you don't take no shit. <laughs> like, something that could probably apply to just anybody. And she posts that shit all fucking day. Okay. Again, based <laughs> Sriracha aunt sounds pretty based. If I was your aunt's kid, I would only eat the Conehead Sunday. I'd be like, that's it, the only food I eat. Conehead Sunday. The magic at the bottom is the Reese's Pieces. Yeah, the what's it called? Monster Mash or That's something? That's a different Sunday. Oh, I'm but sorry. But yeah, so look, there's the Conehead Sunday, which is a wizard, which is like the cone is like a wizard's hat, and the whipped cream is like the kind of like crown of gray hair, and the magic is the is the uh, Reese's Pieces, candy pieces at the bottom. But then there is like a Monster Sunday where like they cut a Reese's peanut butter cup in half and it makes like the monster ears. It's cute. It's really cute. They're both so cute. Oh, the friendlies in my hometown has a big sign outside that's like, we're open again. And uh, what <laughs> it means- you, Cuomo. <laughs> well, no, what it specifically means is since someone died here of COVID, <laughs> like someone died at that friendlies, but don't worry, they're open again. Do not see. The, there's a possibility. There's a non-zero possibility of dying in or because of a chain restaurant, and I don't want that on my pamphlet. Okay, well, it's going on mine. So, so my niece, my niece only eats at TGI Fridays, and I, I actually tried to convince her to support a local business because, like, we have this like really nice Irish pub named like O'Flanahan's in my town, and it's the food is still fried to death. It's the same food you get at TGI Fridays, only we help, like, Billups of Flanahan stay alive during the pandemic. Yeah, it's all coming from a Cisco box anyway. Of course it is. So I go to my niece and I'm like, hey, listen, TGI Fridays is a half hour away and local businesses are in trouble right now. So would you like to eat at TGI Fridays or... Oh, Flanahan's. And she was like, eat my shit, old man. Yeah, she told me to eat her shit. She called me an old man. <laughs> she, she, she bitch slapped me with her tiny little hand. I went flying. She deleted all the save games on my PlayStation 2. And then she said, did I fucking stutter? We're getting my mozzarella sticks. Mm-hmm. Like, y- 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 yes, ma'am. You know, they go, but then I'm like, okay, if I'm going to TGI Fridays, I'm going to try to model good behavior for my mom. Because my mom, whenever I go home, I fall into like very poor eating habits and I eat everything. Because my mom is constantly making cookies. She'll make 50 cookies and then eat one. Because she has self-control. And then she'll send them here and we need to dump them in the garbage and cover them in Windex. Yes, we do. (laughs) We don't dig them out of a trash like a fucking raccoon. I know. Like, um, and, and me and my dad are like, mom. You stop making so many cookies. You're creating problems for other people. We're like, we're trying to explain to her, like, it seems like you just enjoy baking. Why don't you make the cookies and then just like, I don't know, give them to a, a homeless shelter, drum off at the neighbors? She's like, no, we're freezing them. <laughs> so my freezer is just full of frozen cookies and I'm eating them frozen. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to model good behavior for my mom. Because when I overeat, she overeats. So I say, 
just get me whatever is on the light and right menu. She's like, what's that? Because she's ordering from the app. Oh, okay. Moms love ordering from the app. They do. My mom is obsessed with the uh, McDonald's app. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and she's like, I can't find it. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, what about the fit and right menu? She's like, I can't find that either. I'm like, what about the light and fit and green and light and healthy? And, and because there's always some menu like that where there's a picture of a leaf or something. Just find it. You know, there's a thing. You know, there's a diet thing in this menu. She can't find it because she can't get the app to work. So finally, I grabbed the app and they're, and the only thing on their like light and right and healthy and wealthy menu is the salmon. And I'm like, I'll take that TGI Friday salmon. Oh, the beginning of the end. Yeah, exactly. Six hours later, I'm having the worst chills of my life. I am just like on a couch under like six blankets chattering to death like a spooky skeleton in a haunted house. I have a hundred and three fever. So it's so the next morning I go to the urgent care and I get some urgent care doctor who keeps like giving me her opinions about Muslims. Are you fucking kidding? Wait, what? Yeah, yes, I know. She's like, "Where are you from? Where are you coming from?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm coming from uh, Sunset Park, Brooklyn." And she's like, "Oh, Sunset Park. They used to have a lot of Italians there, but now they have a lot of Muslims." And I'm like, "Yes, that's technically true. There, we do have a." We do have a, you know, we have a Muslim population in Sunset Park. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, uh, yeah, that must be weird. <laughs> yeah, more like a Muslim problem. Am I right, guys? Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, it's fun. Like, you know, they're, they have good like tea shops and bakeries. And me and my girlfriend go to the hookah places. She's like, yeah, but over there, men and women aren't allowed at the same hookah place. Isn't that weird? Over there is in like what, Saudi Arabia? What, what does that mean? I don't know. But what I do know is my life is depending on these on her giving me like a COVID test and a flu test and figure out what the hell is her, Because look, it might be food poisoning. It might also be COVID-19. Like, I don't know. <laughs> food poisoning and COVID-19 have the same exact symptoms. Headaches, chills. Fever, wanting to die. So I, I, so I'm just like, I'm like, look, lady, can you can you move it along with the racism? So you just give me my fucking tests. And uh, she hears some tests; they all come out negative. She's like, just get plenty of rest, and you'll be fine for New Year's Eve, where you can go around and terrorize certain families with a bat. I'm like, okay, I get worse. I have to go to the emergency room. No. They all think I have COVID. So they put me in this like room with like, like a, like a ceiling door. Oh no. Like a hamster. Yeah. They put me in like an airlock room and I step out and try to use the bathroom. They're like, you have to go back into isolation immediately. They're like, you got to poop in that bucket over there. (laughs) And then the lady, there's a nurse. Okay. And none of the nurses are communicating with each other. Because some of the nurses are telling me to poop. And some of them are telling me, we don't need your poop. Why do you keep trying to give us poop? <laughs> this one nurse is like, okay, here's a cup. Poo and pee in this cup. Poo and pee? Yes, which is very confusing because it contaminates both samples. It contaminates your poo sample with pee and it contaminates your pee sample with poo. I also think it would be very hard to shit in a cup. <laughs> It was 
wasn't that big of a cup. Uh, yeah, it's like, what, this big, right? Yeah, it was teeny tiny. And so I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. So they had like one of those like a little weird, uh, little plastic old man toilets there, like uh, for adult babies. So I pee in the old man toilet, but I poo in the cup. And the nurse is like, you've done this all wrong. I wanted you to poo in the plastic toilet and pee in the cup. And I'm like, well, can you just move the pee from this thing to a cup? And she's like, well, yes, I can. And then she immediately does. And then the first thing she says, she starts like pouring a regent in my poo. Like she starts like like doing mad signs like right in front of me. And she goes, oh, it m- this might be C. diff. And I go, What? And she goes, oh, you know what that is? And I'm like, yes, because a long time ago for Pfizer, like Pfizer had some extra money at the end of their year. And they're like, we got to just crap out some content. We're going to lose this money next year. Steris, can you write just a bunch of cartoons about like uh, about antibacterial resistant superbugs? I was like, yeah, of course I can. So, like, I wrote this whole cartoon about, like, C. Diff, the super killer, the bug that murders you instantly. Half a million people die each year of this super, like, antibacterial-resistant bug called C. Diff. Oh, damn. Exactly. I don't know how she could tell that from playing with a little bit of your poop. I don't know. You know what? I don't know either. But she, she also kept calling it the poopy. What? She was like, I need you to make more of the poopy. <laughs> I just really like playing with your shit, sir. Yeah, it was weird. And then another nurse was like, why do you keep making poop? I'm like, because that nurse keeps telling me to. And then that, like, I'm in the bathroom at one point holding up my bags of blood because they didn't give me a pole, the goddamn emergency room. So it was like holding up my bags of blood, like uh, uh, bags of saline, rather. Um, and I'm like holding them with one hand and I'm trying to poop into a cup in the other. And the nurse is like, why do you keep making stool samples? I go, cause people keep handing me cups. I didn't just find these cups. I didn't go and rob these cups from your goddamn storage room. You tell me to sell lady tells me to poop in a cup. I poop in a cup. <laughs> Sir, why do you keep insisting that we touch your shit? <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic, sir. Can you satisfy your sick fetish somewhere else? <laughs> God damn it. And so they run all these tests and thank God it wasn't C. diff. It was like some other disease. And, uh, and I was in bed for a couple of days. I've missed a lot of work, unfortunately. And I'm a contractor. When you don't work, you don't get paid. Yeah. Like, um, and then just today, my kidney started hurting. And I Googled, like, what do you do when your kidney starts hurting? And it said, like, go to the emergency room. I'm like, God damn it. I have a podcast to make. I think if you drink that water and then go to sleep, you'll be fine tomorrow. Okay. All right. But what do I want on my tombstone if I die? Uh, Died of COVID by licking a friend loose table. No, don't. Trust the salmon at TGI Friday. That's what I want on my goddamn to. So, okay, but that was ultimately the thing that made me happy was, so like I'm in the emergency room. Also, I forgot. Had really good selfie lighting for some reason. Really? Yeah, I sent you a selfie. And I like, remember that. Had like sexy, high contrast, like dangerous young man lighting. I did like that. And it, the one thing I thought to myself was like, A, none of this is my fault. If it wasn't for the fact that I was trying to eat healthier for my mom and the only thing my niece eats is TJ Fridays and my niece's mom can't get her to just eat normally, I'd still be alive. Also, 
If my mom wasn't so insistent that we all visit for Christmas, I wouldn't have died either. There were eight different reasons why it wasn't my fault. I told you, boomers like do not give a fuck. (laughs) They just want to have their goddamn New Year's party. Yeah, they do. It's weird. My mom's like, if I die, I die. I'm not missing Christmas. Jesus. She said that to me literally. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. And it's like... Lady, I guess this lady really wants to die. All right, I'll, I'll get her. Uh, guess I'll. What did I get my mom for Christmas? I got her a blender. I guess I'll get her this blender. Yeah, it's worth dying for. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah. Oh, it was a really good blender though. Like it can make like a really big cake that you'll have a tiny piece of. Neat. <laughs> um, and uh, but I'm like, if I die, it's everyone's fault. It's definitely not my fault for not standing up to my family. It's definitely everyone else's fault. And also, I can't think of a more on-brand way to die than the salmon at TGI Fridays. That would be very on-brand. The only thing more Stereos Coconuts on-brand would be like choking to death on Kraft macaroni and cheese or something. Yeah, or like if I rolled a D20 and it went out the window and I chased it out the window and got hit by a Zamboni. (laughs) Like some crap like that. Like, um, like, uh... So, so I'm saying to myself, if I, if this is it, if this is how I go, I feel like I've accomplished a lot and I feel like, I feel like my death will make a pretty good tweet for someone else. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's like the circle of life. It's the circle of content. I, like, I die and I become content for other podcasts to make fun of. He- I could be on one of those radio shows as like stupid Florida idiot man. <laughs> yeah, like you go when you die to the great content beyond, <laughs> and then you become fodder for tweets. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to add before we move on to our break? Uh, just that I I think the most on-brand way for me to die would yeah. be getting stabbed to death at the Chaz. At ch- Oh, in the Chaz? Yeah. You see, they're building another one, baby. We're back, baby. Wait, Portland. wait, wait. Dude, I didn't know where's the new Chaz. I didn't know there's new Chaz. It's in Portland, right? I don't. I don't know. We got. Can we go to the Chaz this time, please? I don't know. You want to catch COVID that bad? No. <laughs> I'm going to own the Chaz, and it will be a COVID-free zone because if you get COVID, we will immediately shoot you. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. Firm but fair. <laughs> Firm but fair. All ages. Everyone is equal here. All right. Hey, we'll be right back after this with more The Loudest Podcast. The Boss. The Boss. The Boss Baby Fan Club. 17 past the hour here on the Boss Baby Fan Network. This is your host, Danny Waxman. Today, we're talking about how to live that full Boss Baby lifestyle. He's a born leader, as we all know. And from the day Boss Baby premiered at the Miami International Film Festival on March 12, 2017 AD, this is a true story, we all knew it could change everything. And of course, it did. So which are you, folks? How do you live that Boss Baby lifestyle? Let's take a call. Hello, you're on the Boss Baby Network, and you're back in business with Danny Waxman. Hey, Danny Waxman, huge fan. Listen to you every day. Thank you very much. So tell us, how do you live that Boss Baby lifestyle? Well, Danny, I work in sales. A lot of temple pins where I work, you know, just wearing whatever because we call people from home uh, all day. But not me, no, I wear a suit. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, but that's not all. You know, under the suit, I wear a diaper. Just like the boss, baby. Makes me feel more connected to him, more powerful, more in charge of my destiny, Danny Waxman. Okay. Well, 
I love it. And when you think about it, you know, we should all wear suits under diapers under our suits. I mean, it, it, uh, it could be a status symbol, right? Yeah, that's what I think. My ex-wife, she never got that. That's why I agreed to sign the divorce papers, Danny. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I also have a pacifier. Oh, like the baby court portal device. No, for something else. But I also shave my head. To look more like Boss Baby? Nope. But I do ride the stroller. For something else? Yes. Okay, yes. caller, thank you. Thank you for sharing your Boss Baby lifestyle tips today. Yeah, and check out my Boss Baby theme base on further. Okay, we'll be right back with traffic after this. The Boss Baby Fan Club. Hey, Asterios, guess who killed their boyfriend? <laughs> oh, God, what a weird... Welcome to Act 2 of the <laughs> Loudest Podcast. Uh, I don't know who killed their boyfriend. This segment is sponsored by Cunt Wars. Cunt Wars is the world's best platform for playing... Add me on Cunt Wars, guys. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, anyways, so I watched a documentary this weekend about Jodi Arias, <laughs> the girl that fucking killed her boyfriend. And um, I have been so fucking obsessed with her in this trial that I've watched like 48 hours of court footage in the past week. <laughs> Just about, because this case is fucking insane. It's so fucking insane. I can't, I know I'm like a decade late on this, but everything about it is funny. It's got everything. It's got love, loss, Mormons, nudes being admitted as photo evidence in a <laughs> court case. All right. Okay, so, just, just real quick, just to set up, you said Jody Arias? Jody Arias, yeah. Okay, because like, I bet we have a bunch of younger listeners who like, do. this was like an OJ style big media murder. Yeah, Zoomers, oh my God, Zoomers, I'm going to tell you the most hysterical story of a murder. Okay, so once upon a time, there's this stupid bitch that lives in California, her name's Jody Aries, and uh, she would go on to plan the worst, plan and execute the worst murder in the history of the universe. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure a fucking monkey could plan a better murder than this dumb cunt. Anyways, so she lives in Palm Beach, California. She makes a visit to Los Angeles just for like party time. And there she meets this schlubby looking dude who works at a network marketing company named Travis Alexander. And in possibly the worst decision of Travis's fucking life, he fucks her. <laughs> and from like the one thing you need to know about this bitch is she is down bad for this guy. She's obsessed with him. Like her journal, she uh, they were dating for something like five months in her journal. She's like, we're destined to be together. We're soulmates. Just like crazy bitch shit. So they start dating long distance. He's a Mormon dude and he lives in uh, Mesa, Arizona. And she lives in California, but it's like five hours apart from one another. They start dating. Eventually the distance is too much. Travis breaks up with her. Then Jody uh, packs up her shit and moves to the town, like a, a block away from Travis's apartment and gets labeled. Everybody's like, Oh, you're crazy stalker ex, but he's still fucking her just out of convenience, I guess. Now, I've seen the Lifetime movie called Dirty Little Secret, calling the Jody Arias story. And that, her moving like just a town away, like they play that off like it's just like totally normal. 
She's just like, yeah, just like I got a job, like you know, like in the town over. Oh, the, oh wow, I just ran into you at this uh, at the grocery store. How convenient is this? And then like she says in the Lifetime movie, she's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a maid now. Like I've opened up like a cleaning business, and then like she shows up at his house in like a French maid outfit, and they fuck. Is any of that true? I'm. I don't think so. But um, I know that she would do just general crazy bitch activities, like showing up at his house unannounced in the middle of the night and oh. to fuck him and shit. So crazy bitch shit. The day was June eighth. 2000 I wait I think I don't know but anyway here's the trigger motive what they believe is the trigger motive for the murder is the goddamn fucking Cancun trip this is the first thing this is so fucking funny to me that she was so enraged by this she fucking killed a man (laughs) so uh Travis's work was having some kind of work retreat in Cancun and everything would get paid for by the company and he could bring a friend and he Jody either believed or really, really wanted <laughs> to be chosen to go on the Cancun trip. But she does. he does not choose her. He chooses another Mormon girl named Mimi Hall, who would eventually be the one to find his dead body. Yikes! <laughs> and this Jody is fucking furious. She's fucking furious. So here is what experts believe happened on the night of June 8th, 2008. It was uh, middle schoolers across the country were dancing to Lollipop by Lil Wayne. The Pussycat Dolls were the biggest celebrities in the world. And Jodi Aries awakes and selects violence <laughs> that day. She drives over to her house, whose house unannounced, as, as you do. That's what it does. And she decides, before I kill this guy, I'm going to get one last fuck in. And we're going to take pictures of it. <laughs> because it's like, it's, like, it's like going to your high school kid's graduation. Like You're not going to get to do it again. You gotta capture the memories with photographs, right? So there's a bunch of hysterical court documents with like nude pictures of Jody and Jody's gaping asshole <laughs> admitted in court. You told me that they admitted a you called it her quote puckered asshole. Now you're saying it's gaping. Sounds like you're changing your story, miss. It was a gaping, gaping asshole, your honor. Okay. Mm. And her fucked up pussy leg. Oh god! Wait! Oh, you've seen these pictures. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I've seen the uncensored ones, too. Oh, my, oh wow. <laughs> so, anyway, it's very clearly Jody. It's very clearly Travis in these photographs. Mm-hmm. So, they fuck. And after they fuck, he goes to take a shower. And she brings the camera with her. And she starts taking pictures of him in the shower. And then she either asks him to get sit down in the shower or he slips or something. And she stabs him 27 times, Mm -hmm. but she's not very strong. So the stabbing is shallow. He's not dead at that point. So he tries to run away. He gets as far as the bedroom that's connected to the bathroom where Jody uh, slits his throat and also shoots him in the head. (laughs) She's like good measure. So Mm -hmm. he's been stabbed 27 times. His throat has been slit and, um, He's also been shot in the head. So he's he's dead. There's blood everywhere. Jody attempts to Jody now uh escalates her master plan to clean up this crime scene by wiping his body down with a wet rag, throwing the camera in the washing machine, washing her hands, and that's it. <laughs> you know, for a professional maid, 
You think she would... She's got cleaning supplies in her car. You think she'd be able to take care of this a little better. Yeah, well, this stupid bitch then goes in... She rented a car, by the way. She rented a car because she didn't want to get pulled over with a gun or something, I guess. Okay. Presumably. Moving on. And she's so fucking horned up after that that she drives to her ex-boyfriend's house in Salt Lake City, Utah and fucks him that night. And the ex-boyfriend would later go on to testify that nothing seemed off about her behavior. She was just... Just fucking that's uh, was dirty areas. <laughs> yeah, and uh like one of the reasons why she was a tabloid story was that she was pretty hot for a murderer. Yeah, she was pretty hot. Yeah, like you like usually if you look at murderers, they're like very ugly. They're like gross. Like there's a reason why like when Charlize Theron played a murderer in the movie Monster, they had to like add like a weird clown nose to her and like big puffy eye. Like they had to like really fuck up Charlize Theron's face. It's like that's what murderers look like. That was a good movie. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And uh Jody Rias Pretty hot. Yeah, she was pretty hot. Like Sarah, it's like a Sarah Palin type. Uh, she was Asian, wasn't she? She looked Asian. A, a, a Sarah Palin type, like uh, you know, uh, straight, long brunette, brunette hair, like fun little glasses, like a sexy librarian type. Yeah, she was cute. Yeah, and so it's like there's a thing with dudes where you can be literally made of red flags. But if you're pretty cute and you're down to do whatever, we're just like, okay, you can be part of my life. Yeah, I guess. Well, that was the final mistake he made was allowing her in that night. She gets in her car, drives to Salt Lake City, fucks her boyfriend. Now a stereos. Uh-huh. We're we're friends here. We're all friends on this yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you let's imagine for a second, you killed someone. Ooh. Like no self defense. You just straight up. You wanted a bitch dead, so you killed a bitch. Okay. The detectives presumably. Oh, they find his body four days later, and detectives start hunting for him. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that the police in Mesa, Arizona, are looking for the person that killed this guy. That, and that person is you. What would you do in the couple days after the it, it breaks the news that this guy is dead? I don't know, like find a way to Switzerland or something? Like, find some country where they don't extradite you and go chill there? Yeah, maybe, I don't know, spend some time making an alibi or leave the state or something. This stupid bitch calls the detective. I shit you not. She calls the detective and she is so fucking confident in her flawless bulletproof crime scening strategy of wiping his body down with a cloth that she's like, I want to help with the investigation in any possible way. So they're like, okay, can we get a DNA sample? So she says, yes. And she gives it to them. So they take her DNA sample. And of course, despite her amazing efforts, uh, her blood is all over the house. It's her blood, her hair, her blood mixed with Travis's blood, her hair mixed with Travis's blood, just like mountains, like bloody handprints on the wall that matched her DNA sample. Fucking stupid bitch. I got to I got to give it to her, though. Get trying to get out in front of it is. Look, no, that is a bad strategy. But like, I can kind of understand her trying to get out in front of it. Because this recently happened with Ken Jennings from uh, the future host of Jeopardy. He recently, like just a couple of days ago, he like tweeted and he was like, I may have made some tweets in the past that were offensive, but I'm so sorry. And it's like, Trying to get out in front of it. Uh, what's her name that um, uh, did it? The same thing. Uh, uh, what's the name of the girl? Uh, she's like a YouTuber and she's like, I got three looks, three looks. That's it. Jenna Marbles. Jenna, remember like a couple months ago, Jenna Marbles was like, 
was like, I want to apologize in advance for anything I may have done in the past that was bad. It's like trying to get out in front of it. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, so except in the case of murder. The, the, uh, the analogy here would be, let's say Jodi Arias was, was a very high profile celebrity. And she said, I am very sorry for the tweets that I did in blackface. And then she mm-hmm. attached a bunch of pictures of herself in blackface and tweeted that. And it turns out that those tweets had been deleted. <laughs> decades ago and then no one knew about them yes correct and then, and then she was essentially supplying the evidence for her own hanging correct okay that's not good no so, that's so, that's a full-on bean dad you can't do that bean dad. never go full bean dad so uh the detectives find evidence of her shit it's everywhere uh they fish the camera out of the washing machine believe it or not survived so they recover the photos and they find pictures of jody of course in her gaping asshole all over it so now we get to Version number one of <laughs> Jody's story. Now, this is a drinking game, too, okay, audience? So every time Jody Aries changes a new story, you need to take a shot, okay? So this is your first drink. So drink. So Jody Aries claims that she was nowhere fucking near. This is her first story. It was she was nowhere near Travis's house. She went on this road trip to Salt Lake City, but the detective calls her in and during her first interrogation, which is full, chock full of funniest fuck moments, like uh, at one point she says, you know I'm all for the Ten Commandments. Like, ah, she's clear. <laughs> all for the Ten Commandments. This person couldn't have done it. But um, the detective knows, like at this point when they bring her in to interrogate her, he, he knows about the camera and he knows about the DNA everywhere, mm-hmm. but he listens to her story anyway to just let her hang herself. Yeah. She claims that she went on this road trip to Utah. She was nowhere near. Oh, and also, this is important. As she was driving away from the crime scene, she left a voicemail on his cell phone to like try to place herself away from the scene of the crime. No, wait, wait, so she was like, hey, it's me. I'm not a murderer. I've just spent all night not killing you. And uh, I'm in, uh, uh, this is my alibi. And uh, this is an alibi by voicemail pretty much she's like hi i'm in a car driving to salt lake city and uh, i'm going to othello next week do you want to come bye oh my goodness (laughs) yeah so the detective knows that that's fucking bullshit so he calls her out on he's like well i pulled the toll records and uh this story doesn't make any sense because you were at this point over here and then even if you stop to sleep for like 16 hours there's still eight hours missing in this story and so she keeps, she sticks to it. She's like, no, I was definitely not there. Definitely not there over and over again. And then the detective's like, Jody, yeah, you were. Okay, uh, I didn't want to tell you this, but we found the photos. We found your DNA all over the crime scene. She's like, could it have been my, so we found your bloody handprint on the wall. And she's like, could it have been there from before? And the detective's like, no, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> no. From our bloody finger painting sessions? <laughs> So the detective pulls out the book of photos and she's sitting there. She's like, what? She's like, he's like, these are dated from the day Travers was murdered. And she's like, really? And the detective's like, yes, really, Jody, you were there. Can you stop just fucking me around and tell me why you did this? And she keeps lying. She's like, no, no, I was not there. I was not there. So the detective's like, whatever, we're not getting anywhere. Go back to your fucking cell. So she goes back to her cell. And then the next time they interrogate her, she kind of realizes that her story is irreparable. Like it's got <laughs> so many holes in it and they're grilling her and she's like, I need to do something. I need to do something because it's clear that they're not buying my fucking bullshit. So now we get to take a shot, everybody. It's version number two, Jody Aries' story. 
while the detective, Detective Flores, is grilling her, he's like, please just tell me why you did this. Please, we need to know why you killed Travis. She says she did not kill Travis uh, while she was in the, uh, it sounds like literally a plot out of a bad horror movie, but this is what she claims. She was fucking Travis and then two uh, attackers broke in, like silent assassins that were there to take out Travis. Like he had enemies. There was somebody there to just take him out. And so the attackers come in and they start stabbing Travis to death in the shower and Jody runs and hides in a closet or something. And as Travis is dying, she's holding his hand and saying, Travis, uh, stay with me. You got to move. And he's like, I can't feel my legs, Jody. And as she's doing that, she's like, waving a gun at a knife wielding attacker and the detective is like this is fucking garbage <laughs> like this makes even the detective is like that makes absolutely no sense and he stands up and he just gives up she's like it's true and she's trying to give her story credibility by like making up fake details about these two assassins and the detective just sticks his hand in his pocket and he's like I, I, there's so many inconsistencies here I really just don't have time to deal with this she <laughs> <laughs> goes back to jail the trial arrives. The trial arrives, and now we have version number three of Jody Harris's story. Everybody take a shot. The final shot. Uh, this version, she admits, she's like, yeah, I was at um, Travis's apartment, and I also killed Travis oh Alexander. Oh, my God. But it was self-defense because he was trying to kill me, and also he was a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> just throw that little tidbit in there. Also, he was a pedophile. Yeah, so Jody claims to have seen Travis um, jerking off to kitty porn. In uh, he, She walked in on him jerking off to kitty porn or something. And she was like, well, and the, the attorney's like, why did you stay with this active pedophile? Then why did you keep dating him? And she was like, I was under the impression that um, if he was fucking me while fantasizing about a child, then he wouldn't like go dick down a real kid. She thought she could rehabilitate him with her pussy. With her sweet, beautiful pussy. Um, okay, so now I what happened? And just fuck the pedo out of him? Yeah, just ride that cock until you see Jesus. <laughs> so um, what she claims happened was she was walking. She was taking pictures of him in the shower. And this was his camera. And apparently it was very expensive. And she dropped it. And Travis is fucking enraged. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, bitch. And so she runs and she grabs a knife and he's attacking her. So she starts stabbing him. And now I, oh wait, no, she shoots him. She shoots him in the head first. There's some reason why he needed to get shot first, but I don't remember what it was. Like some consistency with the story. She's going, she ran away from him, grabbed the gun and she pointed it at him, but she didn't mean to fire it, but it accidentally goes off and she shoots Travis in the fucking head. Now I know what you're thinking, Mysterios. If that was the case... Why did she then stab him? How, how, where did the stab wounds and the throat cutting? That was from? what I was thinking. And the answer is, I shit you not, I don't know. <laughs> she claims that she had dissociative memory loss from that point. From like Doctors call it trauma-induced like amnesia. amnesia, but I call it being a stupid bitch. She's like, I literally don't know. Why? Of course, she conveniently forgets to mention that she had gotten to her car and left a fake voicemail on this thing to place him away from the scene of the crime. And washed the ca- and gave the camera a good rinse. Yeah, you know, just, just girly things. That's a real boomer move, by the way, to not know how to format an SD card, so instead you put it in the washer. You just take the camera with you. Just smash the SD card! Yes. Um, anyways, so uh, they convict her 
of first degree murder. She is now in jail for the rest of her life. And let me tell you, kids, if you have time to watch this trial, it is one of the funniest fucking things in the entire world because the pedo defense, they need to like, there is a whole multiple day segment where they just read Jodi Aries her sex and logs of her phone sex. She recorded her and Travis having phone sex at some point for no discernible reason. I guess to blackmail him or something. I don't know. But they play the defense. Her defense team plays this in court where Jodi refers to her asshole as an all you can eat salad bar. And other just amazing clips. You ever, Asteros, you ever jerk off to something a little bit weird? And then after you come and then you're like, oh, God, what did I just do? Like that moment of shame. Imagine that, but it lasts uh, five hours and all of your friends and family members and everyone on television are hearing like you read your dirty talk, which, by the way, um, Travis was low-key kind of a fucking freak. Like The point of this video was he he's talking. He said some weird fucking shit. He was like. I want to I want to stick it up your butt and you sound like a 12-year-old girl having her first orgasm which is kind of fucking weird. Yeah, it doesn't paint him in a very good light. It definitely doesn't, but I don't know why they needed to play two fucking hours of that. So so like the something our listeners might be wondering is like why did she kill this guy? Like the Lifetime movie paints this as the motive. And I don't know if this is true. Because it's a fucking Lifetime movie. Um, Like, apparently this guy was real hot and cold with her. Like, the Lifetime movie paints a picture that, like, he really likes fucking her, but then he immediately has, like, Mormon shame and is like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm done with you. And then, like, but then she'll show up at his house and then they'll fuck, but then he'll be like, I don't want anything to do with you. And so, like, he, like... Essentially, the movie like blames him for like hot and colding her to death. I mean, what, what like what do you think? Like, like, forget the movie. Like, what like what what is the actual motive here? Do you think? Uh, I think the motive was Jody is a lunatic and she was <laughs> obsessed with this guy. And like, I mean, even if that were the case, if a dude is treating you like shit, you don't kill him. You just break up with him. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Look. I look. This is a put. Please, uh, anyone in the future, if I'm ever running for office, uh, I am not a Jody Arias apologist. He's a Jody Arias stan. You heard it here <laughs> oh first. Oh, my goodness. Um, like, uh, and the other interesting thing about the Lifetime movie is that, like, kind of like you mentioned earlier, like, this guy is, like, not attractive. No, he's like a schlubby. He's just a guy. It's not like he was extremely handsome. And I highly fucking doubt he was very wealthy because he worked at a multi-level marketing company. Yeah, he's like a little dumpy dude. Yeah. He's like, he looks like Tweedledee or Tweedledum. He kind of looks like the Michelin Man. He kind of looks like the Michelin Man. And like Jody, again, we got to grade this on a curve. Pretty hot. Yeah. No, she was leagues more attractive than him. But he... Couldn't resist that Mormon pussy, and that was his downfall. I know this the sweet siren song. Like um, the uh, the other interesting thing about this case, because like after you started talking about it, I like went on the Wikipedia, and she gives like seventeen hours of testimony in her own defense, and she will apparently talk to. Anyone with a camera. Oh, yeah. No, she went on multiple news outlets telling version number two of this story about the knife, the mystical knife wielding attackers that assassinated Travis. But yeah, they played a bunch of those in court, like interviews with extra stuff. Yes. Like we like entertainment tonight 
inside edition, like uh, extra weird sh- shows that you don't want to be on. Like if you're a normie and Inside Edition wants to talk to you, it's because you murdered someone. Which is funny as fuck because she says in one of the interviews, she says, no jury will ever convict me. And the interviewer is like, why is that? And she said, because I'm innocent. Mark my words. No jury will ever convict me. And then they did, in fact, convict her. They didn't kill her, but they did convict her. Yeah. Like the the other. So like in like watching some of this this interview footage and like reading some of the transcripts. And again, it's like, look, if you are on trial for murder, you do not have to testify, let alone for 17 hours. The interesting thing about Jody Arise is that she's like the world's dumbest Moriarty. She like is- she thinks she's playing like this game of 4D chess, like this cat and mouse game with the prosecutors, where it's like, mm, yes, huh? Is that what you think? And then, but she's, she's a big dumbass. I do think she might have a concussion or something <laughs> during this trial because oh my god, and it's fucking infuriating to watch too, because she is so defensive. Well, like when they're cross-examining her, they don't even like contradict her story very much <laughs> they just point out they just ask her questions that show how fucking ins- absurd this entire case was and she won't even agree to them like uh, at one point her story at this point is that she lied to the detectives because she was like a battered woman and travis was beating her and blah 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 and she didn't want the world to find out he was a pedophile um and the cross-examining lawyer is like you said you wanted to help with Travis Alexander's murder. Is that right? And she says, yes. And he says, but you were not there to help the first time you were interrogated. And she says, depends on what your definition of help is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bitch, what? You just made up a story and lied about how in what universe is that helping? Yeah. And like, again, like, like calling the cops in advance and being like, if there's any way I can help. Let me know. Like leaving the voicemail like she thinks she's smart. It's like a four-year-old who's who like steals the cookies and their like face is covered in chocolate, but then they put a little piece of a cookie by the dog. And it's like, you think you're smart. You dumb, but you think you're smart. You dumb, but you think you're smart. No, she's a fucking moron. She's crazy and a fucking moron. You send me some clips here. Oh yeah, let's listen to one of the funniest fucking parts of this trial is when they read Jody her sex between her and Travis, and Travis wins the award for like least sexy dirty talk of the year. All but right. I was hoping we could listen to them ask Jody about her asshole a couple times. Oh my goodness. Okay. And in it, you say, hmm, if you're a lucky boy and you. Probably Promise to give me a good, well-deserved spanking. <laughs> and then there's a period there, right? Yes. And then you also say, maybe you could give my ass a too-much-needed pounding too. Kitty, correct? Yes. And a smiley face. You're kidding about the second portion, but not the first portion, correct? Yes. Take a look at exhibit four. Okay, now you can go to the next one. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know, what. there's something very, very funny about the prosecutor being like, you want you you want him to pound your ass like <laughs> slutty little schoolgirl. Is that right, Jody? You start out by saying, Oh my gosh, this is so freaking hot, I wanna lick it up and then sit on it. You are so tasty, my goodness, correct? Yes. You were talking about his penis, right? Yes, he sent me a photo of it. And it appears he did send you a photograph, correct? Yes. You were not offended by him sending you a photograph, correct? No. Even though we had a photograph here that was introduced, it was the same sort of photograph as the one that was introduced at trial, right? Yes. Nothing different than the one that was here that was introduced. In other words, it was his penis and whatever was happening with it, correct? In that regard, nothing was different. 
And in, in that fact, regard, nothing was different. Said, I'm glad you like it, right? Yes. And then you said, oh, yes, I want to fuck you like a dirty, horny little schoolgirl, right? Yes. So the schoolgirl issue here in this conversation is being brought up by you, not by him, right? That's right. The, and in fact, the issue about pedophile, the schoolgirl right? that may have been presented as part of the... Uh, Okay, I could skip forward now. Right. So it's like, if she's trying to fuck the pedo out of this guy, she shouldn't be bringing up schoolgirls. Yeah, why are you putting pedo thoughts in his head, you fucking pedo? Yeah, exactly. Who's the real pedo now here? I also, I heard you might be a murderer. I found him jerking off to Lollicon. Oh, my goodness. What you said, part of what was going on was a lie, wasn't it? Um, yes, part of it was a lie. Sure, it was a lie, right? And so at least if we're using this conversation as a point of reference, people, you and Mr. Alexander, but you specifically, you lied to him, right? I did. And there was no harm in it because it was just a fantasy kind of conversation, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just fantasy. Right, and that, so that if he says he wants to tie you up to a tree and stick it up your ass, <laughs> that could also be seen as fantasy, right? Yes. That never happened, did it? No. That's all I wanted to tell you. Was oh, the ass thing. My goodness. <laughs> he, he did uh, in the recorded voice to sex. He was like, I want to tie you to a tree and then stick my dick up your ass or something. And she was using that as like evidence that he was abusing her or something. Wow. <laughs> okay. Anyways, in conclusion, Jody Aries owns. <laughs> and you should go watch the uh, true crime documentary about her. All right. I can say, is this a new doc that came out? It came out by a really big YouTube channel called like J Criminal Psychology or something. Yes. They have a bunch of subscribers. But I watched it the first day it came out and I was so enamored that I spent the rest of the week researching Jody Aries. Yeah, because like Jody Aries, like they're talking about her like on the front page of Reddit now. And it's like, Jody Aries fever is back nostalgia for this hot murderess has returned <laughs> um all right jody arius fever catch it but not hopefully the fever won't make you stab someone a bunch that's what COVID is jody arius fever no, it's just as deadly all right we will be right back after this with more of the loudest podcast uh, no voicemails this week because you all are slacking again in your voicemail responsibilities. But if you do want to send a voicemail, serious, read the voicemail number. The voicemail number is 347-705-7617. Or you could just record a little voice note and email it to the loudest podcast at gmail.com. And remember, you got to head on over to patreon.com slash Asterios for a s open your mouth and we'll shoot some big ropes of content. Oh my God. <laughs> We just did uh, another DSJ, Dark Side Jills, where I believe we talked about Nico made me listen to some uh, n music that was questionable and I cried. And then we also talked a lot about the new season of 90 Day Fiance and how everybody on it is fucked up. She made you listen to Weezer and Neutral Milk Hotel. I'm very sensitive. Two things which you had avoided doing up until now. And by the way, congratulations on avoiding both. Thank you very much. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we also released a new Christery on Christmas Day where we discussed the miracle of CWC losing their virginity. Um, new episode of, uh, the Lime and the Coconuts came out where we talk about Christmas. We have over 105 bonus episodes. Holy shit. The average American's commute is 30 minutes long. And if each bonus episode is one hour long, that means like if you... Subscribe to Patreon.com slash Right now, you will have enough content 
for four days out of your work week listening to a podcast. That's pretty good. So, That's pretty great. Yeah, so you better fucking, what, you don't have $2? You can find that in your couch. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ. We're working our asses off over here. We are, and yeah. we love you. Yeah, but we love you. Okay, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. 